This is the Good News Station, WCNO, Palm City. There's more than one way to support the WCNO ministry. Prayerfully and financially are only the two most obvious. But did you realize how important it is for you to let the programmers and corporate underwriters know that you heard about them right here at WCNO Radio? That's right. Always mention the call letters WCNO when you write, call, or visit the ministries or supporters of WCNO. That's WCNO. The Revealing Truth Radio broadcast thanks Ed Meyer Century 21 All Professional for their underwriting support. Hi, this is Ed Myers, Realtor with Century 21 All Professional and member of the National Association of Realtors. Whether you are buying, selling, or renting a home, understanding the market can be essential. I'm a Century 21 top producer, recipient of the Century 21 Presidential Award, Century 21 Centurion Award, and Quality Service Pinnacle Award. I proudly serve the United States Marine Corps, and now I'm specializing in serving the Port St. Lucie, Stewart, Fort Pierce, West Palm Beach, and surrounding areas of the Treasure Coast. Real estate is the key to building long-term wealth. Whether you're looking to buy, sell, or rent a home, a first-time home buyer, or an investor, letting an experienced professional with a proven track record could make all the difference. I would love the opportunity to help you. You can reach me by phone or text at 772-342-0047. Again, that number is 772-342-0047. The Revealing Truth radio broadcast thanks Access Able Designs and owner Alan Garrett for their underwriting support of this week's program. Hello, my name is Alan Garrett, and I'm the owner of Access Able Designs. A diving accident 31 years ago changed my life physically in a way that left me quadriplegic. However, 15 years ago, I dove into Jesus Christ, which changed my life spiritually forever. The combination of the two have given me the unique opportunity to help others. At Access Able Designs, we offer a creative line of bathroom accessibility products, such as folding shower and bathtub benches, as well as our exclusive patented toilet transfer bench. Our products are commercial grade, stainless steel construction, and built to last. They're also available in custom sizes. Our line of ADA compliant swimming pool lifts are a big seller with hotels, commercial properties, and homeowners. Our products can be seen at accessabledesigns.com as well as my personal life story. I look forward to hearing from you. For more information, you can contact us at 877-853-7816. That number again is 877-853-7816. Good morning. I'm Pastor Bob Tarvis, your host for the Revealing Truth radio broadcast. I want to invite you to listen in today as Pastor Jason Baumgartner takes us on a journey through God's Word that will reveal truths for our lives. John 8.32 says, And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Grab a pen and take some notes, and let the Holy Spirit reveal the Father's heart to you. Jesus would locate people's heart by asking them questions. And he would begin to determine where they were at by asking them questions. And it would also help the person that was asking the question figure out where they were. 
How many know you can learn a whole lot more about somebody by the questions they ask instead of the answers they give? If you've ever done a job interview, you, and the person starts asking the interviewer questions, and all of a sudden you know where they are because they wouldn't be asking the question if they didn't have to answer. So you can locate that person. And the other reason that Jesus went around asking questions was as a way to teach the disciples to get what was on the inside of them to come up out of the, to the outside because when you come to a, a conclusion on your own and you get a revelation on your own thinking, you tend to remember it more. So if I just talk at you and tell you something, but if you get the revelation on the inside of you, you're like, oh, light bulb goes off. Come on, you remember John chapter 6? 66, Jesus was with the disciples, and he just said, eat my flesh, drink my blood, and he looked around, and, and everybody left, and, and Jesus was like, well, you going to leave too? Peter's like, well, we don't have anywhere to go, and besides, you have the words of life, and we have come to know that you are the Messiah. After Jesus said, who do you say I am? And Jesus looked at Peter, and he said, flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you, but my Father in heaven. Questions, 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 revelation. And from that moment on, Peter knew who the Messiah was. Come on, you're seeing this this morning, amen? Jesus asked the paralyzed man one time. He said, will you be made whole? The guy was paralyzed. But he's asking him in his mind, will you be made whole? How many of you know that looks like a crazy question to ask somebody that's paralyzed? Would you like to walk again? Come on, amen? But the question touched at the heart of this man because he was asking him, if I heal you, are you no longer going to be carried around by somebody else? Are you not going to be dependent on anybody else? Are you going to stand up and become a functioning member of the society and the culture that you live in? Are you going to stop being dependent? Will you be made whole? And the guy had to really think about it and say, well, yeah, I want to be made whole. So by asking questions, he was constantly pulling the stuff up that was deep down in people's lives. Amen? And I want to ask you a question this morning. The question is this. What questions are you asking yourself? What truths are you presenting to yourself and questioning about what God wants to do in your life? Your own purpose. Your own destiny. Amen? But God wants you to impact something. Otherwise, you wouldn't be here. He wouldn't have separated you. Amen? How many recognize that you've been called to be salt and light? Somebody say salt and light. That means you can't live in a bubble. You can't live in a Christian bubble in some kind of a subculture that looks like the regular world culture, but we got our own little church culture here doing our churchy little things and hanging out with our church friends and our church folk, and we got a world inside of a world in a Christian bubble. Just the mirror of the culture that's around us. We learn to speak Christianese and bless God and holy are thou and praise the Lord and glory, and we know all the catchphrase. You talk like that out in public, people don't know who you are and what you're talking about. Matter of fact, they put a little question mark on you and go, fanatic. Holy roller. Isn't that right? You know what they do? We got churchianity, man, and casual Christianity going on. We, we've gotten into a routine of how we do church. We're told to go out and reach people, and, and we lose our effectiveness to the world. We don't know how to reach out anymore. Amen? In fact, we don't even have people in our lives that aren't born again anymore because all of our friends are saved. How many of you got a bunch of unsaved friends? Sometimes we just don't even have people in our life that we don't even know are unsaved anymore. As a matter of fact, when I was a kid, we were taught to stay away from the world. You don't want to have nothing to do with them people. Stay away from them people. Don't go around there. Don't go down to that place. That's a pit of devils. That's a liar of Satan. Get away from there. I mean, we were told all that stuff. 51 weeks a year, we were told to stay away from all them people. And then the evangelists would come in town and say, go out in the street and bring them in. Isn't that right? <laughs> 51 weeks, we went out to hang out with them. Then one week, we're all excited. Yay, let's go get some sinners. 
the evangelist in town. Isn't that what we did? So we'd have special meetings, and then all of a sudden he's allowed to go preach. Amen? So what happens is, is we find ourselves living in a world that we're called to, but we're detached from it. We're living in a world that we're not supposed to be of, but we're detached from it. And God didn't call us to be detached from the world. He called us to be salt and light. Somebody shout, salt and light. Even the political structure of the United States of America and the systems that we live in have reduced us to a political group. They call us, what do they call us, y'all? Right-wing fanatics. Most of us, I don't know what your party affiliation is, but if you're anything like me, you're a Republican. And if you're a Christian Republican, then you are on the far right of the Republican Party. And if you're on the far right of the Republican Party, then you drink a lot of tea. I'm preaching to the choir this morning. I know I am. We might have some saved Democrats in here, but that's okay. But they call us right-wing fanatics. If you're in the Democratic Party and you're a Christian, they call you a conservative Democrat. Isn't that right? Or a traditionalist. But the truth is they have labeled us. Who said? Who said that's what I am? Because the truth is I have been called to be salt and light. I have been called to be a person that goes beyond just standing for what's right and wrong. I've been called to be a person that goes beyond just standing up for morality. I've been called to be salt and light. Amen? That means that I have to be willing to touch every avenue of every bit of the culture that I live in. It doesn't matter what part of the world system that we see going on in this country or in this community or in this geographical location. God has called us to touch it. We're salt and light. Matter of fact, I'm convinced that most people in the community are not turned off to Jesus, they just turned off to church. They're not turned off to what Jesus can do in their life and, and how God set them apart. They turned off to Christians. Because we got our ways, don't we? <laughs> You've heard the labels. Amen. We got our ways. They just turned off to church. And, and the reason why they're turned off to church is because we present Jesus in a way that's no longer relevant to them. We're presenting Jesus in a way that don't really matter anymore. Amen? Most of us are answering questions that just aren't being asked. We got our Christian bubble, and we're answering some stuff, but people ain't asking them questions anymore. Amen? Most of us are just answering questions that nobody's asking. Get that in your spirit this morning. How many know God's called you to go beyond that this morning? Amen? How many of you recognize that Jesus could not walk through a crowd and not be moved by what he saw? Jesus could not walk through a community and not be moved by what he saw. I think sometimes we get so used to our routine and where we live that we can drive through Port St. Lucie or Fort Pierce or, or wherever in the Treasure Coast, and we're not moved anymore by what we see. We've become numb to it. We're busy with our tunnel vision of where we're going and what we're doing and what's on our agenda and what has to be done that we're not moved anymore. Amen? Some of us don't even want to look. We act like it doesn't even exist. We've framed up our world in this Christian environment. And this is where we thrive. And if you're not in my environment, then it doesn't really matter because you're all going to hell anyway. In other words, we got to be able to see outside of what's going on in the house. Jesus said, I preach the kingdom. I heal the sick. But when he saw the multitudes, that's what moved him to compassion. Wasn't his preaching that moved him. It wasn't all the miracles that moved him. It wasn't all the things that he said that moved him. It was the multitudes of people that moved him. Amen? He said, because I saw them not as a number. I saw them as people, as children. Come on, ladies and gentlemen. We've got to stop looking at people like they're just a number to fill up the pew. 
Isn't that right? We got to stop looking at people just like they're just one to be one digit to knock off. They're just one more notch on the bill. They're just one more for the glory of God. We've got to begin to see people that are hurting. Amen. Can I just submit to you this morning? There may be prostitutes, drug addicts, gangsters. There may be drug dealers, thieves, liars. But at the heart of every one of them, these people are broken. They are scattered. They are hurting and they are dying and they need what you have. And it's our job to bring Jesus to them. God wants to use you. So I don't want to be used. Well, it's okay if God's doing it. It's not okay if somebody else is. Some of us get, well, as long as I don't look, then I never got to be moved. Amen? How many of you realize that it's a hard job to equip believers to become people of influence in this postmodern era that we live in today? It's difficult. Because we live in a place of moral relativism. We live in a place where there is no truth anymore. That truth is whatever we, whatever we say it is. Most of the teens you see in the mall today, they ain't never been to a youth group, let alone any other kind of church meeting. Kids haven't grown up in Sunday school. People haven't grown up in church. We're looking at a generation of young people that don't know anything about God except for what they hear on TV and what they, and what they catch on the Internet. How you know there's a lot of information out there on the Internet? You can find anything you want to say anything you feel. Isn't that right? All you got to do is Google it. Type in the question. You'll find somebody that agrees with what you're afraid of and what you ain't afraid of. We've got a pervasive, perverted culture that by nature is opposed to what the church is standing for. And it gets more pervasive and more perverted generation after generation after generation. These people are broken, they are weary, and they are scattered. They are like a sheep without a shepherd. And they're dying for somebody like you to bring the news to them that can change their life. So what do we do in a world with a generation of people that have been raised up to believe that there are no absolutes? What do we do with these people? You can talk to people today and there's no right and wrong anymore. There ain't. People don't associate. There's no black and white. It's just gray. Isn't that right? We've all got a little shade of what truth is and it's mixed in with some things from the world. So it's our truth. It's relative to who I am. Ladies and gentlemen, there is absolute truth. It's God's truth. And if you ain't living in the absolute God's truth, then you're living in a lie. Nobody's never taught them what's right and wrong. And nobody's never taught them what life and death is. They're making decisions based on faulty information. Information that we haven't been able to get to them as a church. How many of you recognize that there's no clear moral convictions anymore in the society that we live in? In fact, most of this compromising culture... That's changed this generation has really come from TV shows and television and sitcoms and stuff that we see on TV. It's filtered into society through TV. It comes through sitcoms. They bring it through us through comedy because they know when we laugh at it, we'll eventually accept it. We'll eventually start laughing and then we'll, we'll be okay with it. And we'll just, well, it's just human condition and, it, and it's just the way the culture's going. And we begin to compromise with the absolute truth in our mind and we allow this stuff to poison and make us toxic people. And we find ourselves casual Christians with no fire burning in our belly anymore. Go back 15 years ago, you'd never seen two women kissing on TV. And then the show Ellen comes out and she kisses another woman on the mouth on TV. Now just about every sitcom you watch has either got a gay character in it or they got an episode that's dedicated to homosexuality. And it's become perverted. So now we got Larry King on TV last week saying, well, weren't you born that way? No. But that's what the culture believes now. And it's perverted the truth that God gave everybody a choice. You, can, you can't hardly watch a show without characters uh, having somebody homosexual or somebody cheating on their husband or, or somebody sleeping around or somebody shacking up or some kids doing drugs. It's going on all the time on TV. 
Matter of fact, I think you'd be hard-pressed to find a TV show that had the good moral compass of the Word of God in it anymore. I haven't found one. Have you? There ain't many out there. You might catch one on the Hallmark Channel every now and then, but it's a rerun from 20 years ago. TV shows and comedies that have infiltrated the culture, that made it okay for people to live in all kinds of sin. And then that culture begins to take over, and it filters its way into the house of God. And then pretty soon the church starts looking like the world. How many understand that the reason why we've had such a decay in fatherhood is because for the last 20 years, every TV show and every sitcom that has a father in the role is always being made fun of, laughed out, or made to look like some dumb dork that don't know what he's talking about. You look at any TV show that has the dad, he's always the one that's, that, that's manipulating, always the one that's lying, and always the one that's wrong, and always the one that's the idiot. And who on the TV show has got it always together? It's always the rebellious kid. And mom plays mediator. Oh, you, you can say that about 30 sitcoms today. Look at all the dumb dads they got. Homer Simpson. What about Hank? These are just cartoons. Let alone all the other stuff. And then the commercials are worse than the TV shows. And we wonder why the church has slipped into a place of casualness and compromise like never before. And why do they do it? Because they know that if we'll laugh at it, we'll eventually begin to accept it. And it'll get pervasive in the next generation after us. Pretty soon, hundreds of thousands of people will be demonstrating in the street for gay rights. Well, I just saw that on the news. Yeah, you did. You went and saw, you went and saw hundreds of thousands of college students 20 years ago doing that. I'm giving you some truth this morning, amen? Somebody shout, I've been called to bring the truth. You know, these are very dangerous times that we live in. I ain't trying to depress you this morning because these are really the most exciting times you can live in. It's dangerous times. You know, when you go buy a diamond for your girlfriend and you get ready to get married, they don't lay that diamond out and put it on a big old white cloth. You know why? Because that diamond's not going to shine bright on a white cloth. They lay out a black felt cloth. They put that brilliant diamond on there. Because how many know darker the night, brighter the light? And God's called you to be salt and light. He wants you to stand out. And in a black world full of sin, if you are shining the light of Jesus Christ, guess what, baby? You're going to shine and stand out like never before. People are going to turn their head and look at you. But if you're gray, they ain't going to know the difference between you and the world. I'm thrilled to live in this day. I'm thrilled to be here. Praise the Lord. I'm trying to help somebody this morning. We might as well, as a church, go ahead and decide to live for God and be on fire and be passionate about the things of God because everybody else that knows that you're a Christian thinks you're crazy already anyway. All your family members that know you go to church, they think, oh, they're on a holy roller. You might as well go and act like one and live like one. There's no point in coming down and being a casual Christian when everybody already thinks you're all strung out on Jesus anyway. Go ahead and get strung out on him. I don't know about you, but I come to look for somebody that's tired of playing church. I've come to be a part of a church that wants to change the community. I've come to be a part of a church that doesn't want to live in complacency and, and hold back from what God has for us and step in and move into the power and the presence of what He's prepared for His people and stop letting little besetting sins and little things hold us back and little compromises keep us locked down and ineffective in the kingdom of God. Little tiny fish wires holding us back. Things we could break like that if we would just take the time to do it. I've come to look for somebody who wants to make a difference for Jesus. I'm thrilled to live in this time. I'm thrilled to live in this city. I'm thrilled to live in this community. I can't wait to see what God does next with Truth Church. I can't wait to see how this church impacts leadership, how this church impacts the culture, how this church impacts this city. You know, I said this early this morning. The greatest challenge to our church is not the devil. 
It's not. The greatest challenge to the church of Jesus Christ is not the devil. Come on now. Our real problem is that we've come to a place to accept casual Christianity in our lives. And our fire has begun to dwindle on the inside of us. We've accepted this kind of a Christian walk as a way of life. And really we're walking in a gray area blind from the truth that God has for us. Can I just say this to you? There is absolutely nothing casual about the cross of Jesus Christ. The cross of Jesus Christ is a bloody place. It's a violent place. The cross of Jesus Christ is a painful place. It's a place of pursuit. It's a place of passion. It's a place of suffering. A place of pain. There's nothing casual about it. And if you get involved with Jesus Christ, you better know that you've got to take up your cross and follow him every day. There's nothing casual about it. We had Joey here this morning. He's going off in the Navy, and we wished him well and prayed over him, and God's going to do some neat things in his life. Very emotional time. His family was here. Really proud of him. A young man that's just dedicated his life to the Lord, you know? But he's going to be a sailor, and uh, I was thinking about him leaving this week, and got me to thinking there used to be this cartoon this guy wore a sailor outfit. You remember him? He had a corncob pipe and a little smoke come up out of that. Toot, toot. Toot, toot. You remember that? I'm Popeye the Sailor Man. Y'all remember Popeye? Popeye the Sailor Man. He had this girlfriend named Olive Oil. Or Olive Oil. Yeah, Olive Oil, boy. She could stop a crowd, couldn't she? I mean, she just big head, parts of her anatomy missing straight down to her feet. Isn't that right? Spaghetti legs. But Papa loved olive oil. Didn't he? Papa hung out with Wimpy and Sweet Pea. Sweet Pea always going around with that pacifier mouth. A Wimpy coming around with his bowler hat on. I'll gladly pay you Tuesday for a hamburger today. Remember that? He was, he was a neat guy, Papa. I like Papa. He had a laid back kind of a passive attitude. He loved olive oil. But olive oil would just go on and on and on and on and on and on and on the house. And olive oil would get frustrated with Popeye. Popeye was running around doing everything olive oil wanted to do all the time. And olive oil said this, and he'd jump. And olive oil said that, and he'd jump. And he was doing everything and holding on to sweet pea and doing this. And Brutus really didn't like Popeye. Remember Brutus? Brutus was mean. And Brutus didn't like Popeye, and he figured the way to really hurt Popeye was to get the olive oil. But he didn't love olive oil, but he was always trying to get the olive oil. And he was buying her flowers, and Popeye would show up with one rose, and Brutus would show up with 50. Sometimes Brutus would show up in a big old fancy car, and Popeye had a broken down truck. And olive oil would look out the window and go, oh, Brutus. But really, Brutus wasn't interested in olive oil, and he'd get olive oil to leave with him, and then he'd tie her up and throw her in the trunk. And Popeye would put up with this stuff for about 20 minutes. It looked like Brutus was just about to get it all. Papa would look at the camera and he'd say, I've had all I can stands. I can't stands no more. Hey, he reached down on the inside and he'd whip out a can of spinach. He'd peel that top off with his corncob pipe. He'd dip that spinach up in there and it'd go down in his throat. And he said, I'm strong to the finish because I eat some spinach. About that time, smoke would start coming up out of the corncob pipe. Toot, toot. And them arms would blow up like tree trunks. Boom, boom. And Brutus didn't have it so good anymore, did he?
Thank you for joining us today for the Revealing Truth with Pastor Jason Baumgartner. We hope you will tune in again each day, Monday through Friday, right here on WCNO 89.9 FM. To obtain your copy of this week's message, please send your check for $5 for shipping and handling to 3891 Edwards Road, Fort Pierce, Florida, 34981. To pay by phone or simply make a love gift, you can call 772-461-8555. That number again is 772-461-8555. For more exciting information on our church, service times, and directions, you can check us out on the web at igniteyourworld.com. This has been The Revealing Truth with Pastor Jason Baumgartner, and I'm your host, Bob Tarvis. See you next time on The Revealing Truth. The Revealing Truth Radio broadcast thanks Ed Meyer Century 21 All Professional for their underwriting support. Hey, Billy, what you doing next Saturday? Nothing. Why do you ask, Justin? I wanted to invite you to my housewarming party. I'd love to come. How were you able to afford a home? You've always rented just like me. A friend told me about Ed Myers. Who? Ed Myers. He's a realtor with Century 21 All Professional. Ed told me about a great financing program for first-time buyers. What program? Well, if you're a first-time buyer or haven't owned a home in the last three years, you could qualify for up to $10,000 in down payment assistance and move into a home with little money of your own. With home prices and interest rates going up, there's no better time to buy a home than now and no more landlord. This sounds like something I need to check out. What's Ed Meyer's number? 772-342-0047. What's that again? 772-342-0047. I'm calling Ed Meyer's today. Maybe you could come to my housewarming party soon. I'll be there. Ignite Your World Ministries, Truth Church, and all its affiliate ministries thanks Destiny Network and Bishop Tony Miller. Destiny Network International exists to serve pastors, local churches, and ministry leaders that make up Destiny Network International. For more information on joining the Destiny Network, go to www.destinynetwork.org.